With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to Worlds Collide, the wrestling art podcast for wrestling fans by wrestling fans. Featuring Tony Bella from WrestlingTradingCards.com. This is like a, a stock market. Like- and Zan Morning from Wrestling With Cards on YouTube. And I'm not saying there's a right or wrong answer, I'm just posing the question. Join them as they navigate the world of wrestling cards, helping you build a bigger and better collection and making some money along the way. What is up, wrestling fans? Worlds Collide back again, and we have a very interesting topic. We've had uh, several weeks in a row of just kind of interesting topics, so I figured, why not get another one? And that is something we see debated. Maybe debated is putting it too politically correct because people want to kill each other over this stuff. True (laughs) rarity versus manufacturer rarity. Does rarity even matter? Does rarity even attract people? Like, what is it about rarity within the hobby? So I guess we should first kind of dissect the question, why do people value rarity in collectibles or just in anything, I suppose? And what drives them to that? Hmm. Well, limited. It's already right there. It's, it's in the word itself, rarity, really. I mean, it's rare. Not everybody has it. If right. I have it and you don't have it, I'm cooler than you. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, my kind of opinion is it doesn't like the item is cool. Sure. But we've seen it kind of play out over the last few weeks. I think ego is what drives rarity. I think you're right. I think ego plays a big part of it. Um, cause we're seeing some things that's happened in the hobby where, you know, things numbered to 50. While that's still rare in the grand scheme of things, but you have things numbered to 20, number to 10, number to five, one of one. You would think that these high dollar items would be those numbered to one of five. And then as it gets down, you know, it would become less and less. But we're seeing some stuff happen from number to 50 where things are going up in high, high value. Because in the grand scheme of it, the whole entire hobby, that number to 50 still is pretty darn rare. We've talked about this before on the show many times in the past where like numbered things in and of itself within our hobby already that's already rare. Our hobby has a rare print run. Then you start having numbered things within that hobby that becomes even more rare. But I, I think that you're right. I didn't think about that before. Ego is really driving a lot of things right now these days. And that people want to be the best. Be, they want to be the man. You know, yeah. pardon the Becky Lynch and Ric Flair comparisons. Uh, people or the king. They, or the king. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that you know, and, and that's okay, there's nothing wrong with that, but like most of the time, that's what drives people to go after the rare things is because they want to be the only one that has it, mm-hmm. and you know, there's nothing wrong with that. So, um, something though that's interesting, you kind of brought up the golds out of 50, mm-hmm. it uh, it's kind of a double edged sword kind of thing because uh, the golds out of 50 is gold, right? Everybody wants the gold, sure. Well, all of a sudden, you can kind of get uh, kind of get wrapped up in this uh, echo chamber of people and FOMO of buy the gold, gold, you know, gold, this gold, gold, gold. 
So everybody starts buying that stuff. And even though it's out of 50, because there's so many groupthink and people surrounding that parallel, yep. it becomes even more rare because people are just buying it up and you can't buy it, drives the prices up. And yep. that's um, it's a very interesting thing that I just considered. So in your opinion though, and that's a good transition, what is true rarity? Well, again, numbered things, I guess. I mean, if you look at the grand scheme and uh, looking at print runs, which we don't really know in the major manufacturers, but um, look at the limitless set. People talk about that limitless set and you know it's been around for several years and people didn't really talk about it until recently. And they realized there might only be 20 sets produced of this particular set. Mm-hmm. Um, that's pretty freaking rare. Yeah. And now the prices have gone up because that, that discovery has been made. Um, in the main manufacturers, we have things that are actually serial numbered on there. They're you know, numbered up to one to five, 10, whatever it may be. So, I mean, again, we're, we're talking about a hobby, wrestling cards already a lower print run by far than any of the major sports. So that's already rare, but maybe it's not when it's actually being made based on the numbers of people who are probably out there buying this product. Um, But then you have numbered stuff and that's even more rare. So anything that's hard to get, to find, to hold, I guess would be considered rare. Um, Even so that's not even numbered. I mean, color blast, it's assumed. Yeah. They, don't, they don't know how many. White actually, sparkle. White sparkle, it's assumed to be X amount. But the, you know. 82, 83 wrestling all-stars. Yeah. Assumed two, to have only so like, what, 2,000 or something? 2,000 sets. I mean, and that's probably a pretty accurate number. I, ma- I imagine the people who are experts at that have done their homework and probably know that's about 2,000 sets. Um, but you know, that, that's still pretty rare. So Racks numbers, roast beef. Num- yeah, there you go. It's a numbers game, really. Yeah. Yeah. And that that's uh I mean, I'm not trying to sit here and figure out. I mean, we want to go look at the word rarity and look at the Webster's dictionary. I guess that's gonna be <laughs> where you're gonna look it up, but well, I'm just like you know, per- portraying this into wrestling cards, and you know, people people want to throw that word around all the like out of 99, it's rare. Well, maybe I don't Compar- you know comparative to 50, not so much. Comparative to 20, not so much, but yeah, compared to it, 199 or 299, yes, sure. And, but it's not like there's this groundswell around the golds out of 10 or out of 50, like there is out of the 99s or the sure. one night, you know, unless there's some kind of a cool color match thing, which that's a whole nother thing. So, um, you know, for me, like when I'm looking, when, when I hear people say, oh, well, this is rare. My first thing to do is, okay, well, let's go see what, how many there are on eBay. If there's one or if there's none, okay, you've got a point. If there's 15 and maybe they're just in varying grades, well, it might be cool and it might be kind of rare, but it's not, you know, they're, they're out there. The, the stuff that I truly think is rare, like you just don't see them. Like they just rarely pop up. And yeah. if they do, they're beat up maybe, or maybe they're such a high asking price because that's how much it's going to take to get them out of someone's hands because they truly yeah. are rare. So, um, I mean, like your precious metal gem Hogan card, it's a rare yeah. card because you don't see those come up. People who have them are holding on to them. And then if you see one hit the market, well, people start clamoring for that because they realize I don't see this very often. I better buy this one because I never see it. When I go to these card shows and I, I go to everyone, I'm looking for wrestling cards, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I, I couldn't help but notice, and I've mentioned this before, uh, back when we first started recording together, um, going to a, a card show and I see they all have like whatever 
Zion card or a Lucas like that or whatever. They all have the same card. Everybody else, well, it's rare. It's rare. If it's rare, why does everyone in this room have one? <laughs> you guys all tell me how rare it is, but you all have one. Again, maybe they're all graded and various you know, grades like that, but you still all have one. Now, if you're the only one on the planet that has a PSA 10 of that card, that's pretty rare then because you're the only one that has a PSA 10. To date, I mean, it's just, it's all about perspective, I guess. And some people uh, like to, I think, I think some people like to use that word, especially when it comes to eBay listings or online listings of some kind and throw that word in their description. PSA <laughs> one of one. Yeah, one of one, pop <laughs> one or rare, uh, you know, limited, whatever. They, they, they do whatever they can to entice people to come look at stuff. But, you know, again, like you just said, do your homework, go out there and, and see if you don't see any of these other uh, same card listed or only one list. And yeah, then maybe it, maybe it is rare. Uh, talking about the Hogan PMG and this, you, there are other cards that I've personally been looking for and maybe I found them. Maybe they haven't popped up yet. It's limited to 125 copies. That's more than a lot of the stuff we've talked about. But when sure. you go look for them on eBay, they're not there. So in my opinion, that's taking a limited card and making it even more rare because our, you know, it was from upper deck to their employees. Yep. Does that mean that the employees are hanging on to it for sentimental value? Does that mean they're locked up in Hogan collectors collections or, you know, these, these big whales that are just buying up these super rare PMGs? Does that mean it's in their collection? Um, you know, and then you could kind of go back to like racks roast beef or like some of these food issues, like, you know, it says, or how about the WCW radio promos? Those are a good example. It's mm -hmm. like what 10,000 or something like that. But sure. I would be, I would be surprised if 9,000 of those weren't thrown away. Like me too. So it's one of those things where if you, if you see it all the time and there's all these people that have it, it's probably not that rare unless there's a variation of that. But if it's something you know, whether it's an autograph or a parallel or whatever base card, because there's base cards out there from certain sets that are just super rare. If you can find, if you can't find it on eBay on a regular basis, I'd say it's pretty rare. Yeah. It's kind of my barometer to do it. So that's kind of true rarity. Let's talk about manufacturer rarity. And this is one I love to talk about. Well, then and that's, start off. that's like, it's grading. Like to me, grading is the like purest form of manufactured rarity because it will take all of these cards that are base cards and it'll say this one is more rare than this one based on what the grade is mm -hmm. and that's fine i you know i i grade all the time uh i don't get too caught up in grades per se because a lot of times i like the grading for the authentication mm -hmm. and for possibly resale value so it's people know it's not a fake or whatever but and i grade stuff to put in my collection because it protects it it authenticates it if i need to resell it etc I'm not one of those people that gets caught up in, oh, well, this looks more like a seven, but, you know, they graded it a five. You know, I don't get caught up in those numbers, yeah. but what really, I, it used to make me mad. And then it got to the point where I just, it's so laughable is when somebody throws up a random card and says, pop one, that's it. It's pop yeah. one. It's rare. And I'm like, yeah, because nobody wants it or nobody's <laughs> graded it. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> it just, it, it's irritates me so much when I see pop one, like, like what, what do you, it, I'm, I just don't understand. I'm just getting tongue tied, even talking about maybe, it. Like, maybe I shouldn't then list my, I shouldn't list my 91 uh, WF Merlin Hogan card. It's the only one that's been graded a, a PSA 10. <laughs> and Pop you know one. what, what, <laughs> how many of those have been graded? Have you actually looked? Is there, 
I feel like I've seen other ones graded out there. So hypothetically, that does make yours a little bit more rare. But I, I, I don't recall, but I think it was something. It was less than 50. So it's kind of rare. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not trying to like. Uh, I mean, I, hell, I even did on these ones. These uh, these 94 action packs. You're mm-hmm. going to find card number 12. But I think there was a total of like seven or 11 cards graded. <laughs> Yeah, so um, I mean, and that's a card that people have been actually going to grade. Yep. So that might be a, a situation where it is actually rare if it got a higher grade. So maybe putting the pop one because they're like, if there's an 82 Hogan out there that becomes a PSA 10, like that truly would be worth the pop one. But I mean, if you're going to put up a, you know, 1990 classic Macho Man card <laughs> and put pop one, PSA eight pop one. Okay. Sure. Jeez. Don't get me started. I'm or, I'm already just <laughs> tonight. You're the that. one who's going to get all riled up. I can't stand it. I, I just can't stand it. Well, it's 1990 classic. That's enough. Yeah. I'm com- combining two things I hate, <laughs> but also on the manufactured rarity side, we have um, the, the uh, numbered serial number. And I think that's a huge benefit because it you know if you want to take um braun breaker let's just let's just take his rookie sure. cards out of prism uh you're going to be able to tell which ones are more rare as opposed to the 1986 Fleer michael jordan which is it even real is it fake is it trimmed yeah. you know is it a reprint what is it as opposed to okay well i've got a you know red out of 299 braun breaker there's this many of them that's the rookie card that's what i yeah. got so I, th- I think on, on both perspectives, manufactured rarity can help. But um, I, I like in my opinion, it doesn't really value for me compared to the actual rarity of an item. What do you think about the manufactured side of it? Well, I agree with you. I mean, um, at the end of the day, though, the numbers don't lie, though. I mean, uh, it, you got to be kind of... Um, Make sure you're observing the market to make sure that what you're buying into or what you're trying to sell truly is rare. Uh, grading is like you just said, it's like the, <laughs> it's the king of manufactured <laughs> rarity right there. I mean, it really is. It's, it's um, what can make your base card of any set actually worth something. Sure. Based on the set, you know, um, I don't think. And the grade. Yeah, I don't, you know, because we, we've talked about it several times. Set registries are a thing. People yep. want specific grades of specific base sets, and they want the whole run in a specific grade as high as they can get, whether it's a 10. Yeah, or... Then they just had a, what, a particular basketball card that is like a nobody basketball right. card sold for like massive money because it's the only graded 10 out there of that right. card. So there are instances where a graded pop one and i spoke about the hogan and there's other ones out there where yeah that would be tr- that would like you get some big time money for that sure. and it really is rare but you know it's a the difference numbers, in, the numbers don't lie yeah. on stuff like that i mean uh I, I i tend to we have things in the industry and you point out a good one too which was that wcw radio promo cards like that that's supposedly going to be like you know ten thousand copies exist like that or whatever or whatever promo you're talking about from wcw yeah. um you know, who's to say 9,000 didn't end up in the, in the dumpsters like that because they just don't show very often. Now, chances are there's someone sitting on a whole lot of those somewhere in a warehouse somewhere or their closet or my storage in it. Who the hell knows? <laughs> um, it, it's, but 
you just don't see them pop up very often. You just don't. So that itself is by definition now rare because we don't see them. Um, I, I, again, it's, it's, just a, it's all a numbers game. It's just numbers. It's just about, you know, what's on the market, what's out there, what can you actually acquire that you're looking for? If it's hard to get, you don't see it very often. And it's by definition rare. Right. Just, uh, I don't know. And then there's people out there who want to pump up their stuff. You know, I'm not going to say like, you know, like Brian with his half million dollar Jericho card kind of thing. It's the card itself is pretty hard to come by. Then to find it in a high grade, of course, is that's double you know, whammy. Yeah. Double whammy, of course. So, uh, you know, I, I have no problem with somebody trying to, you know, push that forward. So I said like, yeah, Hey, you know, pay me my big money for this card. But, um, for the most part, yeah, we live in a world and in a time now where we can actually easily do our research and homework to find out if things are readily available and if not, then by definition, they become rare. So manufactured or not, whether they're serial numbered uh, or they're just because they don't show up, it's just, it seems to be pretty cut and dry such a thing for me. Do you have, do you have a preference as far as like, um, when, when you're going out, like, I know you, you're not a collector like you used to be, but yeah. uh, when you were, or hypothetically, if you were, would you be like, do you have a preference on like what specifically you're looking for as far as like, um, you know, pick a name we're talking about Randy Orton well, last it, week. It, it, it applies to me with my current angle index Luma stuff, because I'm going to probably hold more value for me on the rarity of something based on the number of whatever that card may be. So I might pay more because, well, it's a one of one or it's a, a number to five or, hey, you know what? I like that Kurt Angle autograph card. That's a PSA nine because I haven't found any of them that are tens. And mm-hmm. according to the registry, doesn't, that tens don't exist. Uh, so, you know, I, mean, I got to play the numbers. I got to play with the information that I have available to me to make a determination. Is this, is this rare enough for me to spend big money for or is there going to be more of it out there based on the registry or whatever it is? Uh, that I can kind of wait and go find something. But if I'm waiting for something, then again, it speaks of itself. It must be rare. Really good. You brought that up. A really good example I could just kind of give my perspective on this is the 89 market scene cards that, you know, most of the people consider that the ultimate warrior card to have, right? I've been looking forever for a, like a fairly decent copy at a decent price. Very hard to find at a decent price. Well, I finally found one actually out of Australia. I bought a couple of weeks ago and I probably overpaid for it based on the condition, but I was like, I'm tired of not being able to find these things. I'm yeah. going to have one. Well, uh, one popped up today. That's like a PSA seven. And I already know that that thing is going to be probably, I guess I could be wrong, but based on past sales, that thing's going to be way more than I want to pay. And again, I don't get hung up on grading. It's just, this is a card that you don't see pop up very often. Mm-hmm. So I would rather have a beat up copy that I can grade and get like a three or a four or a five or whatever, and only pay a $50 grading fee than I would to pay, you know, four figures or, you know, slightly under that for a higher grade one. Does that make sense? So yeah, I don't percent. Yeah. So that's kind of how I value it. Like I would rather have the beat up raw card that I can get at a discount. Depends on what it means to you and your collection. If you're looking to, if you're trying to invest or you're just trying because you want to collect. And if you are there to collect, the rarity of something doesn't really matter to you in the sense of cost because it's something you're, you just want to have in your collection. Mm-hmm. Um, so when it pops up, 
something you know is difficult to acquire and it does pop up, you, you know, are probably going to question yourself. Should I buy it? You know, like, listen, I'm tired of not seeing this on the market. I got to go ahead and jump on this now and buy it because it's rare because I never see it and I'm always looking for it. I don't care about condition. I don't care about value in the long term. I just, I need to have it in my collection. Right. Uh, that's why I think with this prism stuff, I think it's, I don't care what people are spending on, on big dollar stuff. I don't care how much money they're spending on stuff, whether they. And I don't care what grade they're in. Like there's I don't only care so, grade they're in either. Like if you, if you're, if you're grading a gold, Stone Cold Steve Austin, and it gets a PSA six. There's only ten of them out there. Yeah. Oh, that just made it a pop one. I mean, <laughs> technically speaking, it is, but I mean, one I don't know how annoying that is. But there's ten of them out there, and if you never see those other nine, well, I'm, I'm happy with my six. Right. Yeah, and we just saw. You know, we've talked about pre- previously the Andre that sold. It was a BGS seven, I believe. Yep but the card itself is so rare that somebody was willing to pay that much money for it. And yeah. they don't care. They don't care. I, I actually hope it was a legit sale. I hope. <laughs> and from what I heard it was yeah. like, yeah, but um, I just thought that'd be something fun to talk about today. Do you, uh, do you think there's a, this is an interesting one. We kind of talked about it just now. Do you think there's a, um, from a value perspective, whether it's buying or selling uh, would, do you think, uh, let's let's talk Ultimate Warrior. You know, I just made that reference. It's a very you want to talk about an even harder Ultimate Warrior card to find that eighty-eight uh, Quaker Dips card mm-hmm. next to impossible to find. I, I think there's one out there that like the entire back of the box has been graded as one sheet, mm-hmm. but just to find the card, I've only seen one on, ever pop up that I could have potentially had on eBay, and it was way it was going for way more money than this market scene one that people say is the rookie card. So here you sure. have a rare card that people consider the rookie card, but then you have this other card that's before it that's even more rare that people just aren't looking at because maybe that's a disadvantage. It's so rare that people just aren't talking about it and people aren't aware of it because it's not, again, Well, we always say the market, the market dictates the values like that on that. But I mean... That could be said about all kinds of other particular superstars or even other sports figures where we know that this is like their true rookie. That's the one that commands all the money. It's like that and the value, but there's other rarer cards of that, that, you know, uh, you know, why aren't they commanding just as much money or more because there's less of them. It's, it's all about, well, the market says we don't care about that one. We care about this one. Yeah. And then that goes back to kind of against what I was saying was maybe the rarity to some people is in the grade and yeah. not within the card itself. So we don't care that it's pop 5 million. If I can have the only one of like three that's a PSA sure. 10, then that's more valuable to me than fi- having that guy's out of five, whatever parallel. Well, let's and, talk about like, what's it? The 1909 Honus Wagner card, right? Sure. Not the rarest card ever. It's not the rarest card. Right. But it's the most expensive. Yeah. I mean, that Andre is more rare that we talked about because it's a one of one. Sure. So the one of one by numbers, that's more rare than a Honus Wagner. So yeah, should be, but you know, it's wrestling. So it doesn't get the kind of respect. And it out as well, I, right. <laughs> but that just, that just makes you, you know, um, playing devil's advocate on every side. Sure. Uh, does rarity even matter? Because does the market care about rarity? Sometimes it, uh, I think in the majority of the time it does care about rarity. But as we've just described, there are instances where rarity uh, kind of gets thrown out the window. And it's more about desire 
and uh, need than rarity. And that sometimes I think, which we also spoke about, can be tied into groupthink and the echo chamber of the hobby and what sure. everybody starts pumping up, not dumping, but what everybody thinks pumping up, you know, the golds or one well, of sure. ones or whatever. There's, a, you know, me and you have both seen these interesting runs on products. Another one we can talk about that we haven't mentioned is, oh, we've just found, we've unearthed these 1997 Pinini stickers. I knew you'd go there. They're very it. rare, very hard yeah. to find. And all of a sudden somebody in Egypt's got like 5 million cases of them. Yeah. So it's an interesting, fun discussion. That's yeah. Look at uh, look what happened to that. Like uh, you know, God bless the individual who went out there and got that PSA ten and you know cleared a bunch of uh, money for that. But yeah, big time. Ain't no, ain't no one getting that kind of money again. Yeah, and unfortunately, that didn't give wrestling cards as an you know we were hoping that that gold being on golden would give wrestling cards and again another boost. We're not going to be the big sports, but maybe we can be right underneath them. And eh, just like typical fashion, they brushed right over it. But uh, it became a, became a pimple in the hobby, basically. Basically, that's a good way to put it. Uh, but I just thought this would be a fun discussion because I think I think it's something that a lot of people need to hear because I think you know they will. There's people out there we uh, kind of tying in some past episodes we've done where we've talked about somebody puts up a relic card out of thirty or out of twenty five or whatever. Like, oh, it's rare. There's only this many. I'm like, yeah, because no one cares. You know, and, and so, but then there are also other people who are like, well, I have this PSA 10 and there's only two of them in the world. And this is a huge card that people, this is the, you know, this is the 52 mantle. This is the Honus Wagner, the Michael Jordan. And I don't care about your one of ones because nobody cares about those. I, I played off that too with my, my 82 Cosmos. So yeah, mm -hmm. there's only two PSA nines that ever. I was one of them. Yeah. And, uh, you know, people, certain people want certain things in a high grade. So, I mean, you had something, again, I'll call that a double whammy. It's a pretty rare card. And to have it in a, you know, that high of a grade, I think that's, that's the ultimate win. But, you know, there's, you know, uh, one good comparison could be like the 2002 Fleer Royal Rumble set. Does, do people want these, you know, there's going to be so many of them made in how many of them are grading tens are hard to grade. So does that mean that people are going to like only want them in the specific grades or will they be like the Jordan or the mantle where, Hey, if I get a PSA five, I'm, I'm just as happy with that because it's that card that everybody wants, you know, sure. just kind of spitball on some ideas that, you know, might help people think about well, different with, kinds of cards. You and your 82 Hogan's like that. You didn't care what grade you got on it. You just wanted to have one. I got a two and it's autographed, which adds that extra level of, yep rarity onto it so that's kind of my my thing i'm doing with that set is trying to get them all signed and then as long as it's authenticated i don't care what the grade is and it's it's just fun to kind of put yep. together so yep i get it but i think it's good to have these discussions periodically because i just don't think uh, enough people kind of stop and think about what they're thinking about when they're making purchases uh, I think they sometimes can get too caught up in what everybody else is talking about and not kind of thinking you, how many times have you said this, doing the homework, doing yeah. the research, thinking for I, yourself. Be, before you make that purchase, you got to kind of ask yourself, why am I buying this card? Yeah. Why? I mean, what, what are your reasons for it? Well, it's part of my collection. Well, yeah, no shit, Sherlock. Why, why are you buying it? I mean, uh, 
I mean, but why do you need to buy this specific card? Like, why do you have to have this card now? So I, well, it's rare. Oh, really? Okay. Why is it rare to you? Why do you find it to be rare? So rarity to you might be something different than compared to me. Like maybe I don't play the numbers game and saying, well, uh, it's, it's rare because it's, you know, number to 10. Well, well, obviously then we know because it actually has a number assigned to it, or it's rare because, you know, I've never had one. Everybody else seems to have one, but I can't find one at a price that I can afford. So therefore it's rare to me. So it's all about perspective and definition of what your definition of rarity is. So, you know, rare to me might be something different than it's with you. So at the end of the day, you have to ask yourself, you know, why do I need this card in my collection? Uh, and why is it rare to me? But Zan doesn't feel it's too rare. Like, well, I've got three of them. Like, well, I don't have one. <laughs> you have three of them. I don't have one. And I can't find one that's in my price range. Sometimes about price. Sometimes right. rarity yeah. in a person's mind is all based about price. Yeah, like I get There could be 10 of them on eBay right now, but you know what? They're all out of my price range. Yeah, I gave a good example that with that warrior. Like I was, I was tired of missing out on them. And I just said, you know what? There just happened to be one that popped up. I know I'm probably overpaying for it, but I've been waiting for two years to try to get one. So I'm just pulling the trigger. If you're overpaying for something and you feel like you've overpaid for something and it makes you feel bad, then that probably wasn't a very good purchase set. Oh, it doesn't make me feel it. Yeah. Yeah. But if you're overpaying for something because you, you want to have it in your collection and it makes you feel good to find it. God, I have this in my collection. I know overpaid. I don't care. I own it now. And it's a win, dude. It's Absolutely. A win. That's exactly how I felt what you just said. I'm okay. like, yes, I finally have got this thing coming my way after like two years of waiting and just being, maybe like, I, was... I have the funds now. I've, I've yep. sold other things that have helped me get to this point where I can go ahead and overpay for something that I've desperately wanted in my collection. <laughs> yep. Now, now. And I know you're going to feel this pain. If I could only get the guy out there on eBay that's got the Carrion Cross Transcendent Superfractor Auto, if I could just get him to budge on that $5,000 asking price or whatever he's got on that thing, it, it's it's four figures. And if I could just get him to budge on that. <laughs> It'll happen, man. Be, be patience uh, and, and, and you'll have it. You'll have it. I hope so. Uh, Cause man, I, I know you can relate like just yeah. this, pl this player collecting thing is so much fun. I mean, it's, it's fun. It's fun to buy, you know, the Hogan's and the flair and Roman and, you know, it's a good quote investment, but something about just going deep into the rabbit hole of player oh, yeah. super collecting. It's so much fun. I mean, fun. hell, even while we were recording last week's so like that, uh, you know, I, I, while we were recording, like I, I just bought this, uh, this green pulsar one of, uh, you know, Dexter Loomis life. And I got it so good too, good price too. And again, I, I feel like we're like doing the Don West QVC infomercial here. Like uh, the fact that I can, I, again, I've said that I've, I pull all the cross stuff out of my collections. So the fact that I can be like, oh man, I've got like 30 copies of the base card of his, yep. like I'm just hoarding them. Nobody yep. else in the world has this collection <laughs> that I have. And then somebody might kind of piggybacking on what we talked about. They'll go, nobody cares. That's why and I'm like, <laughs> I don't care. I don't care I, what the collection like. I'm I, just having I so much like, fun. You're wrong because I care. <laughs> you just, and that's where we're ending the show. That's right. All that matters <laughs> about your collection is if you care about it. That's right. Great discussion today. Hopefully, we can do some more fun episodes like this, just talking about um, different aspects of the hobby that people yep. can think about as they're making purchases or collection building or whatever it is they're doing. But in the meantime, we've got some excellent stuff you can check out. Tony, let them know where they need to go. WrestlingTradingCards.com. 20th anniversary this year, folks. Um, 
excited about that. Can't believe it's been 20 years, but go to wrestlingtradingcards.com to follow us on any type of social media that we're on. You can find that uh, at the links at the bottom of every single page of the website. And Top Rocon. And Top Rocon. Top Rocon coming September 16th and 17th, Tampa, Florida, Florida State Fairgrounds Expo Hall. Uh, Great list of people that- uh, Loaded. uh, Loaded, I mean- I mean, oh, hell, we just announced William Regal. We just announced that uh, Abaddon. Uh, we've got some other names that we can't announce contractually. We uh, can't say anything for about, uh, until about 90 days out. But, um, you know, a lot of good stuff. And um, trying to create something that becomes like an annual event for people. Trying to create a lot of vendors that come in that uh, maybe be vendors that are, you know, selling cards, selling figures. Maybe get some companies coming in to showcase some new merchandise. That's not going to be this year, but maybe next year. But uh, check it out at topropecon.com. And make sure you follow all that. Uh, go to that page and follow all the social media pages on there and see what's all that stuff coming up. And make sure to check out the WTC YouTube page. That's one of my favorite subscribe channels. I don't miss any of your, any of your guests you have. And I love the monthly, monthly recaps with Paul. It's always some great, interesting discussions you guys get into. So make sure. He brings a lot to the table, man. That's for sure. Absolutely. Uh, make sure you guys subscribe to that as well. And again, links to all of that will be in the show notes of everything Tony's talking about and everything that you can find me at, which is wrestling with cards on YouTube. Please subscribe there. That's the hub of pretty much all my content. Make sure to check out uh, whatever you're listening to this podcast on. Please subscribe and leave us a review. So Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podcast Addict, Google Podcasts, and you know, there's so many different places to listen to this show. So just search. No reason why you shouldn't be listening. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And share it with a friend. we got to get more people involved in wrestling cards and more wrestling fans involved. And you can find me on social media at Zam Morning, pretty much all social platforms. So anything else before we get out of here? I think we've pretty much covered everything. Good discussion it, today. Good discussion, as always. Keep having fun, keep collecting, and keep collecting to have fun. Because at the end of the day, it's all that matters. See ya. That's right. That's right.